Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. Happy Friday, everybody. It's your boy Drake here, and we're here to bring you back part two of our sit-down interview with the one and only Mr. Sam Moore of the Listen Up Podcast as part of our ever-going state of the FS union. Today, we wrap up the football side of things, how Sam feels 2022 should go, what he expects from 2022, and then we do a little personal Q&A. As you know, he's a Jags fan, so how does one get through football season, you know, August to December, being both an FSU fan right now and a Jags fan? And we ask him about how he feels about the state of affairs going on in Gainesville and Miami. But with that being said, thank you guys so much for making Lockdown Samuels your first listen each and every single day. And without further ado, let's go on with the show. Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That, that's <laughs> damn true. I think, yeah, because Utah is going to be gone soon. That's, okay. that's, that's right about that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we did see the improvement with, you know, Kalen DeLoach, who I kind of was, I mean, we heard so much about him last year that he was going to be this big, big star didn't have that much production, but then this past season he came in, who's our best linebacker by far, whether it be coverage or it be pass rushing. Even Amari Gainer kind of took like a step forward and like was actually that, a star. That's, a, that's a problem, also though, right? Amari Gainer, why can't you find somewhere for that physical specimen? Why, why, why? why I mean, like, what, what's going on there? Because I feel like he's a guy that's going to get drafted in the sixth round off a great combine. And then some kind of way he's going to be in the NFL for 10 years. We're going to be like, well, how is he in the NFL this long? He never did anything at Florida State. That's going to be J-Rob, man. That's going to right. be J-Rob right now with the Vikings, I think. Right. He's just going to yeah. be looking around. He's going to realize, well, damn, he, he's played 10 years in the NFL. How did that happen? <laughs> I mean, li- I mean, listen, man. I mean, the, I mean, you're right. The kid is an athletic freak. I mean, he looks the part, too. But then you look at some of the, his, his game plan, and it, you, it could be scheming, like you're saying, or also could be lack of, you know, development, too, at his own, on his own, you know, accord with the coaching staff, where it's like, and coverage, he's lost. And you yeah. see him you know, hitting the wrong gaps and everything. So, I mean, you're right. I mean, you know, Chris Marvel, before he left, did a really good job with the linebackers, whether it be, you know, DJ Lundy, Ken DeLosha, Mara Gaynor. But then you also kind of you see, you know, Randy Shannon, who was an analyst at the time and now is the co-defense coordinator. Right. He kind of helped. He, he definitely had a, a huge hand in that, too, as well. I think that's probably why he was promoted to the co-DC spot, even though I'm not going to lie to you. I think that promotion was kind of lazy kind of being an internal hire, but I do like Randy Shannon, though, from seeing what he did at Miami and also UCF when they had those good defenses. Right. I, I, I It's tough. I'm not going to be on Randy. I'm not, I got to stop beating the uh, no, on no, Randy no. Shannon. No, nah, man, go ahead, man. You did, <laughs> yo, yo, man, we'll, go ahead, bro. You got this. Well, when you talk about the coaching changes, it's like you had an opportunity to replace three coaches, and I felt like he was lazy all three times. And, and that was kind of like, hey, man, like, do we want to get better? Do we want to take the next steps? In because the, the program needs some juice. We we we're, we're lacking juice right now, you know. Yeah. And if you'd have brought three new coaches on, you might have that type of juice to really get people back excited. I I'm not, I think most Florida State fans, whether they want to say it out loud or not, they're 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 kind of like, well, it is what it is. We're just gonna go through the motions until something great happens, you know. I mean, I hope not. I mean, I got a lot of you seeing the YouTube comments right now. I don't think so <laughs> on this video right now, too. But no, I mean, I get that because, yeah, because you basically had Chris Thompson. You know, he's there. You can tell he's there. Mike Norvell's right-hand man. I know he helps with the offensive line. 
You have Alex Atkins, who I think is by far your best coach on the staff, and I'm including Mike Novell in that discussion too. That was and a great that was a great hire. Um, amazing. Uh, promoting Alex Atkins. And I think um promoting Alex I thought Dillingham and Norvell together, people said the fact they were so symbiotic with one another, knew whatever each other wanted to do. I thought that was a bad idea because you want somebody in the room that does disagree with you and see the game a different kind of way. And I think because Alice Atkins has a different um, background as far as coming up in the game and um, not being on a Norvell staff, I think he has he can have more input in the direction of the offense. And I think you won't have comments coming out of the room like, we didn't know what – we was confused by man-to-man coverage. You know, I don't think we'll hear that anymore. I, I don't think he'll be – I don't think it's going to take him a whole half of football to adjust in game. So I actually like the hire of uh, Alice Atkins. Oh, you know, I think that's, I mean, I think to me, that man's going to be a head coach somewhere very, very soon. I Like, I think he's going to have his OC role for maybe two, maybe three seasons. He's going to go somewhere and also be great. And he's also, you're probably your best recruiter by far. But then, you know, they look at their, I think John Papuchis is someone that you keep on there. I'm, I'm not big on the firing people for special teams because he did a great job with Jermaine Johnson and Kier Thomas. Right. I mean, he also helped out Kando and J-Rob last year. He helped land Jared Verse. But then you look towards, you know, Dugan still being under contract right now. You see. I mean, Adam Fuller, I know it's a consistency thing. I know you keep him because the defense improved. Right. But in my personal opinion, there's a lot more to the defense being improving aside from Adam Fuller. Y'all can take mm-hmm. that as you want. So then I kind of want to go from that and go to actually to the bread, like basically what funds the full program, what helps us out. It's kind of admin. So basically now we're hearing, you know, Alfred is basically whether you listen to 247, you listen to us, whether you listen to Nolcast or yourself, admin is like fully behind Mike Norvell and also not only doing that, they're giving him the resources to kind of compete and actually improve this kind of staff. So how do you feel right now how the admin has either improved or how they've changed, you know, since Norvell's coming to campus or since, you know, Alfred has been hired? Well, I heard the big change was when Alfred actually came on. Um, I heard that he did release a lot more funds to, to make some hires. Um, so you did see that Norvell actually went after some guys. Like, he did go after Jawan Snyder. He did make a he did. compelling pitch to Jawan Snyder. Um, I think maybe if you don't have a quarterback's coach and you offer a quarterback coach, I think you probably get him. But that's here or here or there. <laughs> but um, he, I think, I think Alfred is what we needed. I ideally, I think I'd have wanted somebody to do a, a clean sweep. But I do think having a guy from the outside to come in and say, "Hey, uh, let's take a a big big picture." Are we giving the head coach everything he needs? And I think that answer has been no for like seven years. We're not giving the head coaches everything they need. Um, I mean, they've, they've given Mike a lot, you know, more than they did the last staff. But at the same time, I think that Alford, I think he is an AD that cares about the players, cares about, and he understands to make the investment in the players. And if he make that investment in the players, that investment will actually pay off. So I think he understands that. And I think that's an important aspect of being an athletic director, in my opinion. Um, I heard that. Don't quote me on this, but I did hear some stuff like he's gonna he, he he's trying to help out with funds and recruiting to make the recruiting experiences actually better for the kids. Cause you do hear horror stories on recruiting visits sometimes. So I heard I have heard that he's trying to do things to to make that even better. So I think I think Alfred is I think at the end of the day, no matter what happened with Mike Norvell, I think the offer regime, whenever it's said and done, how we feel, we look back on it five, six, seven years from now, I think we're going to say 
the turning point of Florida State football was when they finalized and hired Mike Alford. That's how I feel. I mean, I completely agree with you on that. We had uh, A.D. Alford on last year for, to kind of kick this off to see kind of where he, he feels about it. And he brings like a resume from being, I think he started with the Cincinnati Bengals in partnerships, then was at Alabama like while they sucked, while they before the Saban era, kind of saw how that kind of transformed. Mm-hmm. Then was at USC. Then also, I think he actually helped finance the Death Star in Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys. He was there, you know, responsible for advertising, sales, and all that. Right. And then he was the AD already at Central Michigan too. And actually, he hired uh, Jim McElwain, if I remember correctly, too, when he took that job. So I do, I do, I'm in the same camp as you. Where like Mike Alford definitely is going to be. We're going to look back on this hire. It's going to be very important for the program. So I kind of do want to ask you with regarding Mike Alford and regarding his relationship with Mike Norvell. Like, do you see that relationship kind of? working out or do you think that you know because a lot of people a lot of people are thinking that you know mike alford got hired he's mike norvell's guy mike norvell's kind of a little more he's got a little more leeway but do you i mean because in my personal opinion i kind of see the opposite where mike alford he didn't hire mike norvell he likes mike but there's, there could be a time where you know hey mike you gotta fix something because the pieces a little bit yeah i think um i think before you can um move on from a coach you have to show other coaches that you're willing to support the coach that you have <laughs> so, so I think uh, all optics are gonna say that he fully supports Mike Novell and that he's giving Mike Novell everything he needs. Um, but I think I think it's gonna run its course. I, I I think I think next year we win seven games. I think the year after that we win eight, and I think again we turn around and win seven again. I think we'd be looking for a new head coach. I mean that's just my opinion. Um, the recruiting right now isn't dictating that we're going to be a top 15 program. It just, I mean, you just look at the numbers. I mean, you're Kentucky is recruiting at number 14 right now. So yeah. I think they're the sixth best SEC program. So that's six SEC schools that's better than you. And we're not even getting to the Big Ten, where it's a probably another seven or eight. So, I mean, you're already below 14 to 15. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you, then you know what USC, Oklahoma, Texas is going to be. So – I mean, realistically, if you've been at Florida State for five years and you're outside of the top 15, top 16, I mean, I would think you would be looking for a new head coach. I would imagine you would be. What's up, guys? Drake here. Sorry to pull you guys away from the wonderful interview with one Mr. Sam Moore, but here at Locked on Seminoles, we will be remiss if we did not tell you about our friends over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues to march through the playoffs right to the Super Bowl this Sunday. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this cycle. And head on over right now. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to get a 50%, that's a 5-0% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts by using promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and also, folks, take Robert Woodworker money line at the UFC pay per view this weekend. Now, back to the interview. Yeah, I think one of the big things I was talking about, like I, the one comparison I kind of get to Mike Norvell is that he's going to be a Ron Zook, where basically he's going to, you know, clean up the, you know, the culture of the team, whatever you want to call it, you know, give us some, you know, serviceable solid players. And I think he's going to be the guy before the next guy, right? Where we, mm-hmm. you know, because right now you see college football where people, you got LSU paying Brian Kelly and his fake ass accent, like what ten million dollars a year. You yeah. have USC bringing out the checkbook too for Lincoln Riley, so I mean I don't think we're gonna go after names like of that size, but I think we're gonna go you know probably push more closer towards that. 
especially after probably next season, because I think for next season is going to be bowl game or bust at the minimum. But me personally, I kind of want to ask what you think, how next, I, how you think next season going to be goes going to go down. That I think this is like a seven, maybe an eight win team next year if, if everything falls right. Yeah, I think I think seven. Um, it, the quarterback play in the ACC is is really good next year, man. Um, yeah, it is. That bothers me actually, um, <laughs> uh, because I didn't think uh, Phil Jakovic was going to come back from Boston College, and um, Zay Flowers coming back with him, so that kind of scares me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he doesn't stay healthy either, though. So, um, and O'Leary comes back from NC State, so that's tough, right? Um, so I mean, I think they win seven games. I think they win seven. Um, I don't think they're going to beat LSU. I think Brian Kelly's going to have a lot more talent than Florida State and than what he had last year. I think the LSU's even going to have more talent than what you know he's used to coaching. So he'll be schematically and look a lot better. Um, while he is a clown, I got to say, most of these college coaches when it comes to recruiting are clowns. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they're. I mean, you got. Middle-aged white guys, <laughs> you know, from West Virginia and Minnesota and Boston, you know, try to dance and you know, cheeky shuffle and everything else, man. It's just or you got the damn mole, you got the damn molin with the really baggy ass khakis, you know. <laughs> it's all goofy, man. Yeah. It's all goofy, yeah. man. That's why I always find it funny when the one fan base clowns the coach from the other fan base. I'm like, dude, I coach Logistics played out as the other coach. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> Hey, Jimbo did it right though, because he just had the brown jacket mm-hmm. and the little comb over. He just had a comb over and a brown jacket. That was it. He didn't do any dance or nothing like that. Just, just brown jacket. Nah, you don't need to do any more of that. But now, is there any you know, final football questions you want to talk about before we go to personal questions? Or no, man. I I really hope Florida State do well, man. I don't want to be the negative guy every every day on the uh, on the timeline, time but. You're tired, bro. You're tired. I am of it. tired, man. <laughs> I, and I root for the Jaguars too, so I don't get a break on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yo, how? De- okay, so that actually goes to the first one. How depressing are your weekends, man? You have to deal with you have to deal with the FSU on Saturday. Then you got to deal with the Jags on Sunday with Irv Meyer with all that. I mean, now he's gone, but man, how how do you deal with your weekends, man? It builds character for one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been hell, man. It's been hell. Um. That one great year in 2017 when we had Ramsey and Telvin Smith, and I was like, oh, my God, this team is great. And all we got to do in the draft is just draft Lamar Jackson. And they passed on Lamar Jackson, took this kid from Florida. I knew he was going to be a bust, and it all went crashing to the side of the mountain. And I've just been been in uh, football purgatory. Yeah, Taven Bryan, folks, for those of you that don't know, is the exact Florida player on the defensive line. Taven Bryan is not good. Yeah. Not no, good at all. He wasn't good at Florida either. Well, how do how do you, he, he was yeah he was not. Good at uh, so that way, how do you feel then about the Jags reportedly hiring Byron Leftwich? And you got some. I mean, also you have Trevor Lawrence too down there. You also have what if you can take you know from that team right now. So, so Dilly put out yesterday that Brian was secure in the bag. I just looked on the timeline about an hour ago. They saying that they're going to do a second interview with some other guy. I'm concerned. I'm at level nine, level 10 right now. I'm concerned that they're not going to hire Brian Leftwich. Um, but I will say this about NFL. And this is the, the one reason why I still watch the NFL, watch the Jaguar, because the NFL team can flip so fast, man, especially if you got the quarterback. Especially yeah. if you got the quarterback. 
And I, Trevor Lawrence is a good quarterback. I, I watch enough. Even in his bad games, I watch him play. I say, okay, I still see signs of a confident guy that he, he has the mental makeup. He's a good quarterback. Now, he is not Pat Mahomes or any of these super, super, super quarterbacks, but he's not. He's a tier below those guys. He's not that far away, but he needs help. And actually, if the Jaguars would not have had so many injuries last year, they was decimated in the wide receiver core. Jamal Agnew got hurt. DJ Chart got hurt. Dan Arnold, they got, when they got him from um, Carolina Panthers, he was doing so well. He got hurt. I mean, all their players got hurt. All the skilled guys got hurt. And Trevor just kept throwing the ball. So I feel good about Trevor. Like, I keep trying to tell all these Jaguar fans, don't get crazy with wide receiver. Go get Mike William. Go get Christian Curry as free agents. Draft the best player available. That's Evan Neal, not Adam Hutchinson. Draft Evan Neal. Solidify your offensive line. In the second round, go get a legit DN pass rusher, possibly Jermaine Johnson, who I think will fall to the second round. And, and then go draft a wide receiver in the third, because I think Pickens, George Pickens is going to fall a little bit. I think some of that background stuff is going to come up. He'll be in the third round somewhere. You can grab him. It's not that far away. like Because in the NFL, you're really not that far. Like the Bengals. The Bengals was terrible. Now in the conference championship game. It's, you're not that far away when you got a quarterback. You just got to put the pieces around. I say myself to that every single time with, with baseball with the Marlins. And trust me, it hasn't changed my outlook on that. <laughs> so trust me, I know the depression, man. But, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean, I the think bad thing about the Jaguars, though, this is the worst thing about the Jaguars. And this is why I get upset and frustrated with them. It's like, in the NFL... You're not built to be bad for 10 years. You're supposed to have eight and eight seasons at least three times in 10 years. You're not supposed to be picking the first round, the first quarter, uh, the first pick five out of eight years. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not supposed to happen no. in the NFL. <laughs> and, you're supposed to, and you got free agency, too, to well, you know fill up the holes and everything yeah. else. You're supposed to fire people, but hey, listen, man, you know I'm gonna bless you with that because being a Knowles fan right now and a Jackson at the same time, you and uh, I think it's Aaron Cabrera too on Twitter just going through hell right now with all that. You know, <laughs> my sympathy with the both of y'all. Aaron's um, better than me though. Aaron lied by in any coach we hire. Aaron's gonna say he's the best coach. Aaron's way better at this than I am. I can't deal with it, folks. I hate to interrupt one more time, but we'd be remiss here at Locked On Seminoles if we can talk about what fuels us each and every single day, and that is Built Bars. You already know I am the Terry Barcia Casanova. You got Max as a leader of the peanut butter brownie brigade. And then you have Dave, who is the cookie dough connoisseur. But if you don't like those three flavors, there are 16 other flavors, 19 total to choose from, such as the new this month white chocolate cookies and cream. Folks, Built Bars have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs. And trust me, I've already dropped 8 pounds since starting my New Year's resolution. And these have helped me immensely because... I don't have a sweet tooth, but your boy loves peanut M&M's, and this is a great alternative to candy. Folks, head on over to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you will get 15%. That's a 1-5% bonus off of your order. Promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at Built.com. Now back to the interview with Sam Moore. Yeah, Joe. Also, Aaron pretends to be Brett McMurphy every other day too. You know, you know, spotting out lies in the timeline. Uh, 
So like, so now that we know we're kind of you know commiserating all the misery here, I kind of want to take what's your take on the entire situation going on? Actually, probably both at Gainesville now with you got you got Billy Napier mm-hmm. and you know the crystal ball situation down in Miami, where basically you know I turned down the OC spot, OC coordinator position. You probably turned it down too. Like, what what do you make of everything that's going on right now? Like basically with Miami and uh, Gainesville. Yeah, it's one of one of it's one of the reasons that that scares me the most. Actually, those two coaches, not because I think they're going to be great football coaches on the field. But I do think they're going to be dynamic recruiters, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Napier is going to be a dynamic recruiter. He seems to be hiring everybody, including my son, um, my cousin, my auntie, anybody that can walk around in a polo <laughs> shirt. He's making, Napier, he's, make, he's making titles now for stuff. Like what, yeah. director of game-changing development or something? I saw dude, that the other day. He is hiring two people a day. Over the last thirty-five days, dude, like everybody gets a job over there. I'm just, I'm he gonna is, walk. He in. is single-handedly like dropping the unemployment rate in this country just in this in the span of a month. <laughs> Ridiculous, dude. He is hired, and Mario Cristobal can't hire anybody. <laughs> no, I mean, I heard the Bishop the Bishop Sycamore head coach turned on the OC role too. I think Jason Brown's gonna interview next week. Oh God, that that'll take that program quick, Jason mm-hmm. Brown. Um. But I do worry about their recruiting. Um, them on the field, I'm not as much worried about them on the field. If we can recruit to the same level they do, I think I think Mike Norvell is a better coach, in-game coach than both of those guys. Yeah. But the recruiting thing bothers me. So I, I think Miami's is uh is all in. I think they push their chips to the middle of the table in the recruiting situation. I think Florida's done the same thing. I think everybody knows the NCAA is toothless. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always said the NCAA is not going to be a thing by probably by 2030, maybe 2035 if they, you know, buy some time. But especially with all the NIL stuff coming on, too, and how that's kind of changing the game, or my opinion, it's kind of bringing to light how college football kind of, you know, hasn't been profitable, hasn't been, you know, mo- being moving forward for all the big game players and ourselves, too. Mm-hmm. Like, how, like, and before we you know we head out of here, I kind of want you, what is your take on NIL with how it's changing the landscape? Like, are you in favor of it? Do you, you know, feel like there should be some restrictions on it? Like, how do you feel this NIL, NIL stuff is playing out right now before our eyes? It's it's tough, man, because this NIL stuff wouldn't be a problem if the NCAA wasn't so tight on everything in the past, right? Um, at one time, uh, I think Nick Saban was paying high school coaches to come up to visit his school, right? Like, so he would do coaching clinics, bring the kid, they could do camp, so like a camp slash coaching clinic. So he was paying the coaches. you can coach at the camp. In his mind, you get the coaches the money because these coaches are the ones that's taking these kids back and forth, getting them hotels and everything like that, right? So why not give the coach money? He's working at Alabama, giving, you know, coaching at the camp. It was a win-win. The NCAA stopped that. They didn't want money coming out like that. So anytime you try to incentivize people to give to the game, the NCAA has cut the legs off from underneath that. So now, because of the Ed, o, o, Ed O'Bannon thing, they got cut, and it's like, yo, you can't tell people they can't get paid off their name, image, and, image, and likeness. Can't NIL. And it's a mess. It is a mess because you got it's going to be to a point where kids are just going to go to this school for NIL money and then transfer a year later to go to the school they really want to go to. And it's all about that. And it's going to be so much upheaval and movement every single year in college football that it's not going to have the old school pageantry love that you used to remember it being like, 
oh, I remember this guy in Tribe 12, and he was just a freshman making all these mistakes. Now he gets to his junior year, he's a great player. But that guy, if he makes mistakes his freshman year or doesn't get on the field his freshman year or sophomore year, you're probably never going to hear of him. So that recruiting class that you care so much about no longer even matters after a year because five of those kids are gone. And that's kind of – it's kind of sad, but it's just where we are. And it's it's money, and money ruins everything. So <laughs> – <laughs> Uh, no, we'll, we'll talk a little more about that offline. I'd like, I'd like to talk to you more about that. But um, And then one last thing, because it's actually a fun question that Dave kind of brought up to Trey uh, when we had him on here not too long ago. If you could give the death penalty to any college football program, college sports program, it could be Florida, it could be Miami, or it could be some random school. I think Trey had a funny one. He said Texas Tech because he's a big Mike Leach guy. Where would you, if you were on the NCAA, if you were Mark Hammer's position, where would you drop the death penalty? I mean, like completely shut a football program now. Sports program in general. That's easy. Alabama. Okay. Just sh- shut it down because if you stop saving, maybe the other coaches will run scared and stop doing what they're doing. Right? If you can cut the head off of the snake, all the other coaches will stop. It'll it'll calm Georgia down. It'll make LSU. It'll relieve some pressure off of LSU, Auburn, Texas, and everybody will go back to being like okay with ten wins. Like, dude, he has drastically altered the sport. And, like, this is it's really – when they do the documentary on Nick Saban and what he did to college football, it's going to be some fascinating stuff that's going to come up in that. Because, I mean, what coaching, what great coaching staff does have Nick Saban assistant head, uh, heading up? No, I mean, dude, there's so many of them right now. <laughs> he didn't go behind the scenes. What AD didn't come from uh, Alabama LSU? And not only that, dude, you look at the strength and conditioning coach, too. Like, they have now, they have a doctor on staff that's kind of changing how we look at nutrition and diet for these athletes, too. Like, they, it's like many, a full-blown operation over there. Think about how many strength and conditioning coaches that came off of LSU staff on the save and Alabama on the save. Miami's got right now. Aaron Fell was there. I mean, dude, he's he's drastically altered everything about the sport, dude. I mean, he's he's made it minorly NFL. See, handily, just because people are trying to keep up with him. And it's... I mean, he is the GOAT, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, he's probably – it's like Facebook. It's great, but, man, did Bezos mess the world up? We don't know. <laughs> hey, it's Zuckerberg, bro. Be- Bezos Amazon. Trust oh. me, I love my Amazon Prime, man. Come on. I'm sorry. <laughs> all, all respect to Bezos. It's Zuckerberg. <laughs> hey, because one thing about Bezos, my stuff get here all the time, all the time. Yeah, on time, early. If it's late, they let you know and give you a little bit of coupon for that. But, Sam – Thank you so much for coming on. That was a blast. Please, before we let you go, please let people know where they can find you at, all of your content, and lead the people off with some good word for uh, you know for sporting season. Yeah, man. Um, definitely go out, follow me. Just type in "Listen Up Podcast FSU." Um, that's on YouTube, um, Spotify, Apple. Uh, you can follow me on at More Life One and um, at Listen Up Podcast One. Um, and um, go knows, and um, it's gonna be okay, man. The sun, the sun is gonna shine on us again. I, I do have faith that that's gonna happen. The sun will shine on us again. Yeah, hopefully sooner than later, right? But folks, thank y'all so much for the love and support. We love you on here. Thank you for being locked on. Samuels, your first listen each and every single day of your work week, or you know, hell, if you're you know, on your off week. So don't forget to like, share, or subscribe either on our podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from. Five star reviews. Also hit the like button on this video. We are now on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button up top to make sure you know where all our videos and ding the little bell to make sure that you get the first notification. And also follow Sam. I highly recommend you know going to his podcast. It's it's a fun time, man. I ain't gonna lie. I actually really do enjoy your content. He also has Twitter spaces too as well. And all Twitter spaces right now, something that you know we might have to get into too, because like 
it's always a good time, especially because, you know, we got the guy over here with a thousand people in the Twitter space. And you got Big Cat in there, Dave Portnoy in there, kind of revolutionized college football with that. Dude, crazy. That, that's, that was crazy. That was crazy. Uh, I did not see that happening that day. Not that was not the plan. That was to, I was really doing that just to troll and have a good time. But that that went crazy. I it's Big K even follows me. It still DMs me. Cool guy. Crazy down Twitter. That was crazy. Nah, man. I mean, crazy on Twitter. You I mean you are the king of Twitter spaces now, man. We thank you so much again for ha- coming on and for Sam. This is Drake, folks. We will see y'all next time on Lockdown Seminoles.